Greetings, beautiful people of God. I greet you on this glorious Pentecost Sunday. And today I want to talk about baptism of the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Really exciting stuff. But I want to start off by challenging you. I want to challenge you to honestly, honestly ask this question of yourself. When was the last time you asked God to fill you with His Spirit and do something new and beautiful in your life? Breathing His breath of new life and joy into your life. Breathing His, well, His cleansing and purifying fire into your life. Burning up the garbage that has crept into your life that shouldn't be there. Breathing His courage to speak of Jesus with boldness into your life. Now friends, baptism is a concept that we see and encounter right throughout the Bible. It is actually also a big part of the book of Acts. And I want to this morning read one particular story for you uh, found in Acts 19 verses 1 to 6. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and he then arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he asked them this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said to them, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. Well, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they, they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. Now friends, so what had happened in the story is Paul had traveled to Ephesus, modern-day Turkey, to continue to preach the gospel of Jesus. Now there he found some disciples and he asked them, because uh, he could obviously see something was amiss, something was missing, and he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they then said, well, we've got no idea what you're talking about. We've never heard of the Holy Spirit. So Paul then starts to teach them. And eventually he prays for them. And we see this wonderful story. We see this incredible thing happen that they end up speaking in, in different new tongues and they end up prophesying. Now talking about the baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, here's the first thing I want to say is I want to tell you that when we speak about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's important to understand that the Holy Spirit works differently in different people. And in different ways and different times. My friends, you and I don't control who, when, where, how the Holy Spirit works. But the focus, and I also think this, that the focus should not be on the external signs, uh, signs of the Holy Spirit so much as what the focus should be on the internal work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Interesting, the term baptism is interestingly enough connected to a textile imagery and a textile term. And the image we have is that of taking a cloth, a piece of material, and dipping it in, soaking it into a dye, thereby transforming it. 
So for example, taking a white cloth and submerging it into bright colors and it emerges and it is transformed from something ordinary to something extraordinary. And my friends, being baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit turns my life from black and white to color. Your gray-scaled existence explodes into color. I see things I, I never saw before. I see things differently. My spouse, my friends, my circumstances, my children, my finances, my purpose. And I begin to see these these things, this, this fruit grow in my life as the Spirit of God lives in me, the power of God lives in me. I see the impact and change uh, of living my life with God's Spirit. The Bible calls it the fruit of the Spirit. I become more patient, kind, feeling peaceful when normally I wouldn't. Now for this fruit to grow, I need to live in the Spirit of God every day. I need to feed my soul by, by, and nurture the Spirit by reading the Bible, by worshiping God, by participating in Christian fellowship. Every day, ask God afresh to fill me with His Spirit. God, so that your nature, God, your character, your mind, oh God, that it will grow in me day by day. Make me more like you, oh God. Now, the Bible talks actually about baptism, this, the soaking in the Spirit, in three different ways, actually. First, at our salvation, when we turn to Jesus and turn from our old lives and ask Him to be our Lord and our Savior, we receive God's Spirit in us. That it's that initial once-off experience of His Holy Spirit, that uncontrollable divine power of God falling on a person. This is what we see happen when Paul prays for John's disciples in the story that I just read for us. The biblical imagery is like standing under a waterfall of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a genuinely new blessing in the new covenant that has a cleansing and purifying effect on us. That happens as part of our conversion experience. Luke 3 verse 16 uh, writes uh, these words of John. It says, I'm going to read it for us. I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come. The, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. This promise looks forward to a baptism by the Messiah that cleanses or consumes all in its path. By undergoing this baptism, we enter into the purifying power of God so that we emerge from it as a redeemed and refined new person reconciled to God. Bath says, uh, the spirit baptism is a divine action that opens up a new mode of existence by calling people to faith from ignorance and from unfaithfulness to faith. 
Now, the second way of understanding baptism, the second is a baptism in water. In fact, Jesus modeled this for us when he got baptized in the Jordan River. This is where we, where we publicly say out with the old and in with the new. Publicly, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I say to the world, um, Jesus is my Lord. I'm going to die to the old ways and say yes to the new life of the Holy Spirit in me. God's Spirit in me, guiding me and leading me and growing um, <clears throat> the nature and character of God in my life day by day. Living a life of obedience to the conviction and the convicting work of God's Spirit in me. Then, thirdly, we see in the Bible what we call the filling of the Holy Spirit. And whereas Spirit baptism is a singular event, the filling with the Holy Spirit is a secondary and repeatable experience in the Christian life. Being filled with the Spirit, the Bible tells us, is something that we should desire and seek daily and nurture and cultivate in our lives. Paul tells the Ephesians, he said, be filled and be being filled, if we translate it from Greek, in the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 5 verse 18. And we cultivate it, Paul says, by renewed worship and by thanksgiving, Ephesians 5, 19 to 20. This is a continual experience of spiritual renewal. My friends, we need to be regularly refreshed with God's Spirit, filled again with God's Spirit. The Bible tells us that being filled with the Spirit brings an inner warmth and a visible joy to the life of a believer. Being filled with the Spirit elicits a delighting in the Lord and a special sense of peace in one's soul. Luke describes how the disciples in Pisidian Antioch were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Acts 13 verse 52. Paul also prays for the Romans. He says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13. Like overloading a washing machine with detergent, you know, like you've seen in the movies, uh, the believer bubbles over with joy. And other aspects of the, of the Spirit's fruit when the Spirit falls on us and fills us again and again. Now, my friends, both the baptism and the filling of the Holy Spirit, uh, in both of those, uh, God gives to us and God gives them to us for our transformation. But we also read in the New, in the New Testament that the filling of the Holy Spirit in Acts 4 verse 8 and 31 and 9 verse 17 is for the actually for our transformation, but also for the purpose of with boldness proclaiming the gospel. So God fills people with the Holy Spirit so that they can proclaim the gospel with boldness. Being filled with the Spirit means that we have God's empowering presence fall on us. The purpose is for evangelism. 
It is that heavenly, to give us that heavenly unction for the task of boldly declaring the gospel when our human effort alone cannot uh, succeed and is not enough. If we want to know which church has more of the Spirit blowing in its sails, we need only look at which church is the most active in proclaiming the gospel. Actively proclaiming the gospel evangelism is a true sign of a Spirit-filled church. But today I want to ask you this question. Which of these three baptisms do you need? It really is a very, very important question. Because we see in the story that I read, we see that those followers of John that Paul prayed for didn't even experience the first step, the first baptism. That first soaking in the Spirit of God. Baptism at salvation. Perhaps that is you today. Perhaps you need that first encounter with God. I want to read Acts 19 verse 4 for you again. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. My dear, dear friend, that word repentance, I know, it can be a bit of a churchy word. But it really means to turn away from something and to turn to something new. Perhaps you have for a while now felt that your life is going in a direction that is not good. And something in you has stirred and you have felt a deep sense of discontent with the direction of your life, the course your life is headed in. And some of the stuff in your life, like anger and jealousy and resentment. You know, that stuff that is bad direction. You know, that stuff has is, is, is caused drama in your life. And you need to know, and you feel that you need to go into a new direction, into a new way. Well, Jesus says, I am the way. I'm the truth and I'm the life. And the Bible says that sin is what separates us from God. It separates us from our creation. Uh, sin is the root cause of evil and suffering in our world, in our lives. And it's a thing that separates us from God. And the sin in our lives leaves us with that deep sense of discontent, with a deep sense of brokenness. And God longs to have a relationship with you. Say, hey, why don't you repent? Turn from that and turn to me. You know, so I want to be in relationship with you. So I sent my son Jesus and he took our sin, your sin upon him. And he died for our sins so that we can have a relationship with God. And Jesus bridged our brokenness to God's holiness. And when you turn, when you repent, when you turn to Jesus and entrust your life to him. And entrust your, and entrust your salvation to him. We receive his Holy Spirit for the first time. Is that what you need today? A powerful, life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. My friend, then I invite you to pray right where you are and invite Jesus into your life. Ask him to forgive you for the sin in your life. 
and ask Him to give you His Holy Spirit, to soak you in His Holy Spirit. Ask Him to heal your brokenness that you have felt now for a long time. And after you've prayed and said, God, I want to turn away from all that stuff and turn towards you, why don't you get in touch with us at Crossroads? Send us an email at info at xrds.nl so that we can get in touch with you and pray with you some more and help you understand that prayer that you have just prayed in your home. I want to say to those who have prayed that prayer to receive Jesus into your life, I want to say to you that at that moment you received His Spirit, yes. But this then takes us to that second moment, that, that second baptism I was speaking about. You know, I spoke about earlier that, that, baptism, that baptism in water. Now in the book of Acts, we see this pattern uh, happen in the lives of believers, people who have given their lives to Jesus, experiencing the baptism in the Holy Spirit at their salvation. And then what they do is they get baptized in water. Peter says this in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Uh, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now water baptism, as I said earlier, is that public external expression of what happened internally when you gave your life to Jesus. Saying goodbye to our old lives, my old dysfunctions and destructive behavior and welcoming um, a living new life of obedience to God's Spirit into my life. I'm now going to live in victory, God. I'm now going to live in a new way. The Spirit of God transforms us from the inside out. And baptism is that outside, that external expression of that. Perhaps you have prayed a prayer before where you invited Jesus into your life, but you haven't yet taken that next step. And so perhaps this is the next step for you, the next step that you need to take in your relationship with Jesus, to be baptized in water. Well, then I invite you to please be in contact with us. Again, send us an email at info at xrds.nl. Now, I know we have a baptism planned, but I, I'm not so sure um, if that can still go ahead with all the social distancing regulations. But we'll get in touch with you and, and we'll let you know anyway um, what the new situation and ruling is going to be. So if you feel God speaking to you today about this, and um, get in touch with us. We will give you the information that you need to help you to take that next step uh, of water baptism in your life. Now, this brings me to the third and the last baptism of the Holy Spirit. What we refer to as that filling of or infilling of the Holy Spirit. At salvation, you receive all of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit doesn't yet have all of you. In Ephesians 5 verse 18, Paul writes to the Ephesians and he says, Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Greek word that he uses there says, be being filled. It is present continuous. It means keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. You might know that when you get drunk, 
It changes, and this is why Paul uses this expression, it changes the way you act and think and behave, and then eventually the buzz ends and you get sober. And Paul uses this analogy of being drunk because in many ways what he's saying is, that what it is that's what it's like when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Firstly, the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit in us, changes us the way we think the way we behave, the way, the way we act, more with the mind of Christ. We behave differently. We treat people more like Jesus would. The Holy Spirit influences our behavior, our thinking, our hearts, our minds. But eventually, we leak. You might have uh, filled, been filled with the Holy Spirit on Sunday at church during worship, let's say, uh, but then you get a WhatsApp on Monday morning that fills your heart again with anger and disappointment. And then you leave that growing in your heart, that resentment. And that, of course, leads to other thoughts and other emotions causing hurt and brokenness. Now, this is not the Holy, but the Holy Spirit's problem. This is our problem. Our lives get so full of other stuff and thoughts that creep in as we live. And this often crowds out the Spirit of God in our lives. That is why the Bible says that we need to be continually filled and refilled with the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit can do its work. You know, that stuff I spoke of last week, when the Holy Spirit comes and convicts us of the stuff in our lives that shouldn't be there, counsels us and gives us God's perspective and guidance for our lives comfort us in our times of struggle and sorrow, you know, that stuff we spoke about last week. The Bible says that our flesh is at war with our spirit. And the problem really comes in when we try and live this life and struggle with our problems on our own, from, our, from out of our own resources and from our own strength. And it doesn't take long for us to feel defeated and broken and drained. And the, truth, and the truth is that this is and will always be our daily battle. But it's not a battle that we have to lose. God says we can live victorious lives when we daily ask God to fill us and fill us again and again every day with His Spirit, that Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. When we are filled with the Spirit of God, we have at our disposal the power of God to face these battles. My friend, perhaps you've been losing those daily battles lately. Because you've tried to live without the power of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps this is the baptism that you need today. This new, fresh filling of the Holy Spirit in your life. This fresh, renewed infilling of the love and the power of God in your life. Power of God in your life. Perhaps it's been a while. Perhaps it's been a while since you last said, Jesus, forgive me for the sin that has crept into my life and fill me anew with your spirit. If that is you, then why don't you pray also right now? Pray as David did 
when he asked God to create in him a clean heart and not to take his spirit from him, but to draw him back into God's presence and asking God to do something new in his life. And the beautiful thing is this, that as we pray for God to fill us with his spirit, he does. And if we pray this on a daily basis, we begin to overflow. And that overflowing of God's spirit, it touches and impacts the people around us. And we find ourselves being salt and light for others. And, and our lives begin to make a difference in the lives of others. My friends, why don't you today, if this is the baptism that you need, as I've said earlier, pray right here, right now. Don't wait. Say, God, I'm sorry. Please fill me again with your Holy Spirit. I invite you afresh and anew into my life. Things have gotten a bit stale in my relationship with you, Lord. Forgive me. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Renew and fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, I pray that God will do something new and beautiful in each and every one of your lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.